Welcome to Sing Double Podcast. I am your co-host, Bradford Barth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Kretz. Oh, yeah. How was your week? <laughs> that was very enthusiastic. It was. My week has been a week. It's been a I'm week. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Most weeks are weeks. I mean, if we're fair about it. I was thinking of that 30 Rock quote, like, oh, what a week. And then he goes, Lemon, it's Tuesday or something, or Wednesday, or I don't know, whichever <laughs> day he says. But it's Thursday right now. <laughs> it is. It is the Thursday. <sighs> almost. The day after hump day. We're almost done with this week. Almost. My week was interesting. Yesterday I went to the gym and uh, on Sunday I forgot to change my shoes out of what I normally wear. Mm-hmm. And I thought they'd be fine because they they're technically gym shoes. Yeah. Even though they're like leather. But uh, I don't know what I did. But during, was it Sunday? I take that back. It was last Friday. And, um, doesn't matter. It does. In the grand scheme of things. It does, because if I said Sunday and then Wednesday we did leg day again, that would be crazy. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> <coughs> Friday was leg day, and I don't know what I did, but my knee was really sore, and I decided to do the last set of lifts, which I probably shouldn't have done. And I think I may have strained something. Ooh. So, yesterday at the gym, I uh, went to get up under the bar and I could feel the uncomfortableness and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no weight this week. Don't want to keep re-injuring it. So I just did body weight yeah. squats. I was very sore last week because I was doing deadlifts and chin-ups and all those fun things. Yeah, we did those too. But this week I've just done cardio so far. Deadlifts didn't bother my knee at all. Yeah. I have a shitty knee too. <laughs> I have to do, I can't do split squats anymore because I messed up my knee last year. Yeah. Somehow. I think probably from my fun job where I worked at a bakery where I stood for 15 hours a day. Well, I screwed up this knee helping put a grand piano on a stage in college. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a much more fun story. Isn't it? It's just a, The result know. is not fun, but. No. And all that happened was my knee touched the stage. Uh-huh. And then my muscles relaxed for a little bit. But. I had a grand piano in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So my knee popped out and then popped back Ugh. in. Fun. And then I re-dislocated it many years later, goofing off. Then I went to therapy. You goof. Yeah. And oh. it's been better. I just think I maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the shoes. Maybe it was a moment of bad form. Who knows? It feels a lot better. Just, I can't be squatting an extra mm-hmm. 90 plus pounds at the moment true whilst having it being sore my excitement from this week is that i got an instant pot <laughs> <laughs> and i've been learning how to use it and it was so cool the box was tiny and when she opened it up bam instant pot <laughs> yep basically i've made chicken and chili and which people are like why are you making chili it's summer i just i just anytime's a good time for a big vat of meat yeah in my opinion (laughs) it's true (laughs) right now i'm making teriyaki chicken so when it beeps i'm gonna have to go run and release the steam vault and then brad will just have more to edit (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes, it's very exciting. Yes. I think it's exciting because it just fits with my lazy girl lifestyle where I can just put things in a pot and just run away and not have to deal with it. And then it's then magically I open it and my dinner is ready. Unlike me who's cooking for a half hour to an hour every time I cook. Right. If you would just get that, you can make grilled chicken in 15 minutes. But can I make a grilled chicken cheese sandwich in 15 minutes? Yeah, if you assemble everything afterwards. It'd be really soggy with all that steam. Well, don't put the bread and the cheese in there, <laughs> you dingus. But then you can't have a grilled cheese sandwich. <sighs> <laughs> You're too much. I am. Oh, I'm tired. Also had a barbecue on Saturday. That sounds nice. That was fun. We got somebody nothing. a little so um, somebody got a little uh a little intoxicated. Is that somebody you? No. Somebody was somebody else. Is that why you had kisses all over your face? Yeah, well it was a nineteen 19- lipstick prints. Yes, it was a nineteen fifties sock hop theme, so uh-huh. everybody was wearing, you know, the appropriate lipstick that when they kiss you it comes off on your face. Of course. So I'm like, I need to take pictures, give me a kiss. Aww. It was awesome. Adorable. And the glasses should have given it away. You know, those style of fake glasses I was wearing? I don't know what the I shape is no called. I have no memory. They're not cat eye. They've got the long pointy eyes on the side. That's cat eye. They were cat eye glasses. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> and they were teal. Uh-huh. Which were amazing. This is a very low energy podcast right now. I feel very low energy. Maybe it's because of our subject matter. I don't know, because it's lots of death. Well, the character himself is not very high energy, I would say. That's true. But, like, I feel like the way the movie's filmed, it's very, like, it's very high intense. Yeah. High energy filming and jump cutting. Yeah, that's true. But the character, you're right, the character is not. Yeah, he's very... Reserved. I just blame it on the fact that I'm hungry and I want to eat my chicken out of my Instant Pot. <laughs> I want to eat my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How long does your chicken have to be in that there Instant Pot? I don't know. I start, I set it for 20 minutes after, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes before we started recording. Cool. Yeah, so, But I'm not, I won't eat it. I'll just let it keep warm. Awesome. So anyway, I'm very excited so because this week I get to say the title of this movie is The Double, and yes, it starts with The. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats for you. So I am not screwing it up when I say The Double. Do you usually screw it up? Yeah, I said The Ringer. I said oh. <laughs> whatever the other one that was not The Orphan bug. Black. I would never the say Battlestar that. Galactic. I would never say that either. <laughs> the multiplicity. <laughs> what was another one worder we had? I can't even think of it right now. I don't know. I said the, and you're like, it's not the. Because I'm snassy. Snassy? No. Yep. Sassy. Snassy. <laughs> I was trying to say sassy and snarky at the same time. And yep. came out snassy. Snassy. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh. What was I? I was watching something the other day and they, you know how I combine words or I say words and then it's not a thing like plane garage. Right. Oh, it was Justin when I was listening to Sawbones. Yeah. And he said, Dr. Bed. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney was like, no, you mean examination table. (laughs) 
<laughs> you and Justin are on the same wave wavelength <laughs> yeah. with that their doctor bed. You should you should tweet him some of your uh, award winning uh, made up words. Garage is the best. Um, but yeah, so I this I think Slurper is pretty good. Well, Slurper wasn't something that I and I guess it was similar to Plain Garage, where I couldn't think of the actual word, so yep. I just made it up. You did. <laughs> I was there. Doctor Bed and Plain Garage are on the same wavelength, though. I suppose they are. Yeah, but this week's episode no not episode this movie that we're doing <laughs> the episode is directed by <laughs> did you know that there's someone here telling us what to do <laughs> no um this week's movie is directed and written by moss from it crowd did you know that i did not but i did recognize a lot of faces from it crowd yep richard ayade ri- and- wrote written and <laughs> wrote and directed this really wow <sighs> apologies it's been a Long week. I'm gonna say words wrong. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's the guy with the, the Crazy. fro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My favorite character in IT Crowd. Mm. Although Chris O'Dowd is pretty good. I love Chris O'Dowd. And Chris O'Dowd was good in his part in this movie. His little two minute and scene. Yeah. Whoever the boss is, can never remember his name. Oh, uh, Wallace Shawn. There you go. That smile at the end of his scene was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this. <laughs> Is awesome. <laughs> well, let's dig into it, Bradford. All right. Oh man, I don't even remember this movie. <laughs> wow. No. What? What? I haven't looked at my notes in five days. <laughs> Where did my voice go? Where did your voice go? Well, now we're back from technical difficulties. Brad accidentally turned off his monitor. Poor Brad. Yep. Should have checked that first. Always check the simplest reasons. But like, is the rest of our episode still here? Yeah, everything. I mean, it's here. only been like five minutes, but yeah, everything's there. Up, okay. Up into me checking my microphone and not being heard, and <laughs> I am probably heard. I mean, I could have just done it all myself. Just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it all myself. Okay. The, the truth hurts. <laughs> just drink your life water, or I, your I will. life. Water. Yep. Because it doesn't actually have vowels. Life water. Life water. <laughs> um, okay. I should have just read my notes while you were doing that, but instead I looked at Facebook, so I'm dumb. <laughs> so this movie starts with Allie posting three pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um so so this movie is called The Double starring Jesse the last Facebook oh. update I saw. On Actually my I think way I was looking at Instagram. I don't even know. Whatever, some social network. Oh, speaking of social network, Jesse Eisenberg stars in this movie. Yep. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was accidental and I'm really proud of it. <laughs> That's great. You know, um, the other day I was thinking how I might make a little entrance to this movie <laughs> and talk about how we were going to watch the movie about how uh how uh who's the creator of facebook what's his name mark zuckerberg yeah how this is the 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 beginning life story of mark zuckerberg (laughs) but then i'm like i thought about that and therefore it wouldn't deliver like it would have been funny if we thought of it too long if we were recording yesterday and i said it it would have been off the cuff and funny but because i thought of it and then was dwelling on it you know it's bad Mm -hmm. well i did it for you in an off the cuff way you you brought it full circle stephanie I try. <laughs> so I, I this movie. My joke to your brain. <coughs> this movie is called The Double, The Double, and it came out in 2013. 
written and directed by Moss from IT Crowd, also known as Richard Iwade, which is his real name. But I'm calling Moss because it's more fun. And, and it's shorter. And it's easier. Than Richard Iwade. Iowa? Iowade. Iowade? A-O-Y-A-D-E. Iowade. Moss. <laughs> Let's stick with Moss. Good effort. <laughs> um, so... Because I uh, forgot the first half of his name already. Richard. Thank you. Uh-oh. My thing is beeping. <laughs> we will take a short intermission. And we're back after Stephanie left off, let off a little steam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just ran around the street and screamed really loud for <laughs> 10 minutes. And she was just screaming one word. It was, boss! <laughs> <laughs> or... Jesse Eisenberg. No, that's two words. Jesse Eisenberg. Or the longest one name you've ever heard of. Uh-huh. It's hyphenated. I had to release the steam on my instant pot so that my chicken was properly cooked. Anyway, yes. my life revolves around my instant pot right now. <laughs> it's so. It inst- smells really good in here, though. It's inst- incredible. It's good job. Okay. Anyway, wow, I can't focus. Uh, a man tells, okay, we start off with Jesse Eisenberg on the train mm-hmm. going to work. Mm-hmm. And a man tells him, you're in my place. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, there's like a bazillion other seats on this train. What's your deal? Yep. And he's like, are you serious? But then he gets up and moves anyway because he's a meager boy who has no backbone. Right. Basically. That's why he was all floppy the whole movie. He was very floppy. He had a big floppy suit. Like, he'd walk in his whole upper body, would shimmy like Jello, Because <laughs> he had good, no backbone. That's a good description. Thank I mean, you. he did kind of walk like that. <laughs> his suit was very ill-fitting. Yes. It was big and floppy. Yep. Um, he wouldn't be the first man to wear a big and floppy suit, and he probably won't be the last. What are the, what's that one band? Um, <laughs> that wear big and <laughs> floppy the suits? 80s. <laughs> suits? Yeah. I have no idea. Not the Flock of Seagulls. Uh, it's gonna kill me anyway. Okay. They make memes out of it. I see a lot of Twin Peaks memes. They wear like the big shoulder pads in <laughs> their suits. Anyway. I have no idea. <laughs> Someone's shouting it at me. <laughs> yep. Um, Email us and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> through the window of the train, he sees a very pretty girl. Yes. Isn't she just kind of sort of looking down to the side? She's just like enjoying her train ride. She just kind of bothered Oh, her, her eyes head. were closed like his she, were. Yeah, yeah initially. She was, like, swaying to her thoughts, whatever. And then he, she gets off the train, and he's trying to get out once the train stops, but there's just too many people coming in, and he can't get out. No. Yeah. There was one person bringing an insane oh, number of boxes <laughs> yeah, onto the train. Right. <laughs> I didn't read my full sentence. <laughs> and keep getting in the way of him. Yeah, he just keeps, they just keep loading boxes into the train car, and yep. then he just uh, keep can't getting he keep can't getting out. That's he keep can't getting out. This is great. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's correct. <laughs> God. <laughs> She's an editor, everybody. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, I am, but oh, man. It's bad right now. I told you, I've had a really long week. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I believe it now. It's been crazy. Um, and then he finally gets off the train, but then the door closes on his briefcase. And he just right. and his handle breaks off as the train goes away. Yep. So now he's briefcaseless. He's got the handle though. He does have the handle. I mean, so he's, he's got a handle on something. He's ni- 
He's 98% briefcaseless. <laughs> um, we find out that his name is Simon James, and he can't get into work where he's worked for seven years because the guard has no idea who he is and he doesn't have his pass because it was in his briefcase and blah, 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 blah. No, he had his pass. He didn't have his ID and his, and his badge wasn't working. Well, he needed a pass from the guard to get in, so he did not have the pass. No, he needed, uh, he wanted uh, identification because his ID was not working. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, where's your identification? He's like, funny story. But then he wrote him another pass. Right. To get through. A visitor's pass is what or I mean. like that. So while he was walking to his... <laughs> <laughs> I just showed stuff an image of Spider-Man. <laughs> I told you, you should show me pictures of Tom Holland. It's much more appreciated. <laughs> He's under that. That's true. Because um, <laughs> I'm an editor and I demand pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so whenever I'm really mad at work, I ran to Brad and then he just sends me a Spider-Man. picture of Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, crazy. Also, I love my job. It's just been a crazy, stressful week. Yeah. So. Same as... Uh, What's his name? <laughs> James Jameson. James. What's his last name? What's his first name? One of them's James. God, it's like James James James. <laughs> his name is. You just read it. I didn't read it. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, his character's name. Oh, Simon James. Simon James. I thought you were talking about the guy who plays <laughs> the editor. At no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> But now I need to know what his name is. Or I'm, I'm saying, go crazy. what was I can't remember now. Whatever Jesse Eisenberg's Jesse Eisenberg's uh, character name is, something James had a, has a stressful week as well. Apparently, J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. That's what I was thinking of. There okay. you go. Anyway, yes, he did have a. He does have a. He has a stressful life. Yes. So while he was like walking to his desk, I was like, "What the hell kind of office is this? It's so weird and like very industrial." But like with high tech computers, high tech computers. But it, so it's like, what time period are we in? And like, what the hell is his job? It's so weird. Analysis. Oh, right. Analysis. He ana- That's very vague. He analyzes things. <laughs> he sure does. Um, what the company does is very vague, too. Well, yeah, the entire the entire. Yeah, nothing. There's no details about his job or any of these people. There's some weird overlord called the Colonel mm-hmm. who is like in charge of the company slash government, maybe. I have no idea. It's all I figured it out. So, oh, yeah. Did you? Yes. Please share. It's simple. Now that you've put all these things in my head, I've got it. Uh-huh. This company does analyses for Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> because of the Colonel. Right. Yes. There it's we go. It's all for the Colonel. It's all He's got to get that secret spice. Yeah. That's what his, he's analyzing the spices. Yes, exactly. The five spices, which are uh, baby, posh, ginger, sporty, scary. (laughs) I didn't know where you were going until I knew where you were going. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Um, He goes to his desk and then Wallace Shawn, who's his boss, I think his name is, uh, he has a crazy name. Is it another two first names It's like Mr. They call him Mr. P a lot, so I'm going to call him Mr. P. Okay. It's like Mr. Pla-la-la-la. That's I, his name. I believe it. How do you spell uh, that? No. <laughs> Rejected. Uh, he takes Simon to meet his daughter, Melanie, and 
tells him that he's going to in or she's going to be his intern and she's just like very unenthusiastic and just playing video games and basically tells him to fuck off more or less those millennials right such a millennial (laughs) excuse me i'm a millennial so am i at heart (laughs) so you're destroying the world at heart oh yes because that's what we do apparently of course you do you own a house you can't be a millennial i don't own a house Oh, you don't? I rent a house. Oh, okay. Then you qualify. (laughs) (laughs) He sees, well, the cute girl that we saw earlier from the train is the copy girl. And he can barely talk to her. And he just starts profusely apologizing. And she's like, you're always sorry. And he says, sorry about that. Which I thought was funny. That was funny. Uh, They do that gag in a lot of movies. uh Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Quit saying you're sorry. I'm sorry. I do that in my (laughs) normal life. (laughs) I'm trying to say sorry less. Good. Change it to sorry. Sorry. It'd be much more fun. It would be. I'm going to rock your body till Canada Day if I say sorry all the time. There you go. Yep. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Get that Robin Sparkles life. (laughs) Let's go to the mall. Today. Today. Oh. Did you know Maria Hill got cast in Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man? No. That's very exciting. Or Kobe Smulders got cast as Maria Hill in the new Spider-Man. It's a rumor, okay. but it's like a... I was going to go, who's Maria it's Hill? It's a 90% <laughs> confirmed rumor. You don't know who Maria Hill is? No, well, I, I, I thought you were talking about a real person, oh, okay. not, a, not a character. Sorry. I'm like a little on edge about Maria Hill because one of Stacy's friends called her a secretary, and I'm still mad about it. When is Spider-Man coming out? Uh, 2020? Before or after Infinity War? After. A year okay. after, I think. Or it might be a couple months after. It's either... I don't... Huh. So it's going to be post-Infinity War? Yes. Because... You mean post-Avengers 4? Be, okay, yes. It doesn't have a title yet. It's 2019, okay. Infinity War Part 2? That's not the title. But they called it Infinity War Part 1. No, they didn't. It's just Infinity War. Oh, did they? Uh-huh. Okay. Avengers 4 is Avengers 4 untitled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I get that smackdown. Um, but yeah, I guess. Okay, so yeah, Avengers 4 comes out in May next year. And it's kind of a spoiler, isn't it? Spider-Man comes out. Telling you she's going to be in it. When well, she, when she's the done, fact that Spider-Man is coming out and Guardians oh, of the Galaxy true. 3 and Black Panther 2. Look at all these spoilers. <laughs> They should so, be like, that's just the end of the DCU, right? No, sorry, MCU. M? <laughs> I screwed up. You I'm super so sorry. screwed up. <laughs> I shouldn't even have said that. The look on my face is pure horror. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this article earlier, this parody article that was like, uh, <laughs> DCU fan look practices speech about defending Aquaman. <laughs> and was it a horrible look on his face or her face it was just yeah it was just funny anyway colby smolders is probably going to be in spider-man 2 and that makes me really happy because maria hill is awesome yes she's not a secretary she's nick fury's right hand person yep she's a butt kicker she's a fucking badass She's a level nine shield agent. And she's definitely not going to make one copy when that's against the rules. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay, thank you for bringing it back because I could just go on and on forever into Marvel Land. No problem. <laughs> so then he goes to visit his mom and everything is also weird there. I don't know. It's just lots of weird experiences going on. Yeah. Everything is real weird. Like the lady that's by her is extremely weird. Yeah. Um, and then he finds out the price for his mom's care is going up and he just can't pay for it. So that's also sucky. Yep. Um, and then he goes, can't pay for it, but it doesn't seem like they go to kick her out. They just take all his money and say it's not enough. And I'm assuming that happens every time he shows up. Probably. So he just is resigned to his (coughs) meager existence. Yep. Um, he sits at home and watches some weird sci-fi show on his very tiny TV. And then he goes to his telescope to watch the cute girl from her window. Right, because she lives across the way from him. Mm-hmm. She threw something, she watches, he watches her tear something up and throw it away. And then he goes to retrieve it from her trash chute or yep. whatever in her building. Mm-hmm. And then he puts the ripped pieces back together. And it's a piece of art. And it's a piece of art. With a girl standing behind a girl. They both had the same hair. I was wondering if it was supposed to be her looking at herself from outside of her body. That's what I thought instantly. Because mm. it was like her haircut. I did not look at the art too clear carefully. Sorry. Oh. It was but a I girl appreciate sitting your, and a girl your inside. behind her. And that was from the back. Nice. Yeah. It was all in red too. Mm-hmm. That's why her fingers are always covered in red. Yep. Maybe it's blood. <laughs> Maybe it's because she's dead. And this is just a sequel to The Sixth Sense. Because <laughs> red is like, you know, his thing. Anything red is important in the movie. The director. Oh. I can't remember his name. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Thank you. And there you go. He goes back to his telescope, and then he sees another man looking back at him. With binoculars. With binoculars. He seems to be standing on the ledge of his building. He doesn't seem to be. He He is standing on the ledge of his building. And then he waves once, and then Jesse, or Simon, sorry. Yep. Simon waves back once, and then the man jumps off at the building. Yep. And then he dies. Yep. Um, That's what happens when you jump off of buildings, usually. Yeah. Especially from the height he was at. Yeah, he was a good few stories up. He was. And he wasn't a cat. Which means he couldn't survive it. True. (laughs) Um, The police ask him, well, the police question him. They're very funny. Apparently, this is their beat, is the the suicide beat. (laughs) Yep. And so then they question him if he's thinking about killing himself. It's just a silly exchange that I did not write down. Sorry. It's okay. But it was funny. It was. You all can just watch the movie instead. It's on Hulu. <laughs> it was uh, It was very interesting. He was um, very confused at every question they submitted to him. Uh-huh. It's all very, like, the reason I didn't write a lot of these things down is because everything's very, like, quick. Mm-hmm. Like, very fast-paced and, like, back and forth really fast. So, it's hard to, it was hard to keep up. It would have taken me a million years to, to watch write everything down. For an hour and a half-ish movie. Yeah. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The girl is shaken, so he decides to, or he asks her to, if she wants to talk, I think, and then he, they go out to a diner right? that he always goes to. Where the staff is always rude to him. Yeah. The waitress <laughs> is always super mean. 
what did he order? He ordered something and got like a blue drink, and he's I like, don't remember. like a Coke or something. I, I don't even know. I know it wasn't supposed to be blue. Yeah. I know what he orders the second time. I don't remember what he orders this time. Well, the second time was definitely a Coke. Yeah. She or he says it's terrible to be alone too much. I don't remember who says that, but I wrote it down. I think it was him. I think that's how he got her out to the diner. Yeah, well, I thought you want food, want to eat, something like that. Yeah. But he does tell her it's terrible to be alone too much. And then his weird sci-fi shows on the TV and she's like amused by that. Mm-hmm. And then he slowly reaches for her hand. And then right as he's about to touch her, she turns around very quickly to talk about the dead guy. She says that um, the guy that committed suicide was stalking her and she was starting to get really creeped out. So she finally just like confronted him about it basically said stop fucking following me (laughs) yep and then but she like so she says like the exact same speech to simon and he's like kind of like oh jesus Mm -hmm. and ends it with stop fucking following me um it went from not a lot being said to just word vomit yeah she word vomited all over him yeah so she she feels kind of felt felt it was partly her fault because she confronted him and then he did it like later that day or something right so she feels responsible in a way but then she also probably thinks that's giving herself too much credit or something that he would care <laughs> that much about it but she thanks him she thanks simon for talking to her and then he's interrupted with his dinner date or whatever with a phone call from his mother right uh, <laughs> in which he tries to say it's not for me and then she says that's some hospital and mother and he's like it's that that's me yeah she leaves while he's on the phone and then she leaves him some money to play a song and i was super excited about this song because it's like uh the super famous japanese song which i meant to look up and i totally forgot god damn it all the songs in this movie were japanese bad stephanie well richard ayade (laughs) is japanese so or half japanese at least is he really i mean that's what his his last name is ayade it's very japanese I, yeah, you know, Moss. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this song is like, I learned it in my Japanese uh, culture class in college. What's like, it We learned about? the lyrics. Ugh, hold on. <laughs> I meant to look it up. Bad past Stephanie. <laughs> Future Stephanie, remind past Stephanie to look it up. <laughs> Do you know the lyrics by heart? When I hear it, I can sing with it. I can sing it. It was a very upbeat tune, as I recall. Like, extremely happy. Come on, YouTube. (laughs) I swear to God. (laughs) That's where you go for your translations? No, I was going to look up the song if I recognized it. Yeah, it's this one. Ueo Muite Aruko. Cool. Okay, anyway. Yeah, in high in college I learned the whole we like sang it as a class and learned the whole thing and like learned its meaning and And the dance steps. It's also no. We didn't learn the dance steps. It's also in an episode of Mad Men, which I also was rewatching recently and I heard that and I was like, Oh, I love this song. So <laughs> So while the song is playing, we see a montage of him exchanging Oh, also I forgot. They had a conversation about the company is hosting a dinner or like a dance the next day. Like a gala. A gala, or yeah. A ball. 
It was a ball. And he asked her if she was going to go. Like, he wasn't really sure if he was going to go, but he would go if she was going to go. And she was like, it's mandatory. So. Of course I'm going to be there. <laughs> you, you doofus. Goofus. So, yeah. Then while the Japanese song is playing, he's doing a montage of him exchanging his teeny tiny TV to buy her earrings. And mm-hmm. then he skips his way to the ball. Or the gala, sorry. And, but unfortunately, he can't get to the party because his ID card isn't working. <laughs> of course. Well, um, first, first he's he they won't let him in because he's not in the system or something, right? And then he goes in the back way because you know it's mandatory. Mm-hmm. And there's a hole in the door that he's leaning over and looking through, and then a parade of I'm assuming waiters uh-huh. walk by him, and he's just frozen there, bent over. <laughs> yeah, like looking through the tiny hole. Yeah, and then the guy's just staring at him like, "What are you doing, dude?" So then he slowly gets up and he sees Hannah. Hannah's the girl, by the right. way, uh, across the room. And he's like slowly making his way over there. And then he gets intercepted by a bodyguard or not a bodyguard. The uh, door guard. The door guard. Yeah. The same guy from work, basically, I think. Yeah. Yep. Who says you're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And then tells him, goes to escort him out. <laughs> he's like, I've, I've worked here for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> I see you every day. And then he sees the colonel yep. taking a family portrait right. with some people. And he's like super embarrassed now. Well, didn't he try to, like he wanted to talk to him. Yeah, he wanted to talk to the colonel because he has, oh my God, Suki. He has all these grand ideas. Right. <laughs> She's being very talkative. She is. You want to be in the podcast? <laughs> Always. Does. Yeah, she has all, or he has all these, she does too, these grand ideas and he has analyses that he wants to show him and stuff. Right. So he goes home and then he looks out his window or he looks through his telescope and then he sees what looks like himself going into the other building across the street. Right. Or sorry, he sees him from afar and then he goes to get his telescope, but the other him closes the blinds. Right, and he just barely catches a glimpse. And it's from the the apartment of the guy who uh, had committed suicide. Correct. Probably the night before. Yeah. The next morning, he gets in the elevator with Hannah, and it's just silence until he finally says, I bought you a present, but decided it wasn't appropriate. <laughs> She's just like, okay, whatever, dude. Well, that was after she had left the elevator. Oh, right. They she got to our- their floor. She had walked out the elevator. And then he says that under his breath on top of it all. Uh-huh. Now and she's like, what? And then he had to repeat he had to it. say it again, yeah. Just to show how incompetent or not incompetent, how... He's reserved. Reserved social anxiety boy he is. Yep. And then he goes to get his ID card checked out, and the guy tells him his ID is corrupted and he's not even in the system anymore, so... He cuts it up. He cuts like it up. Like you do. And then while he's going back to his cubicle... <coughs> everyone's crowded around this new guy and they're like everybody please welcome james simon no way and then simon sees him and then he faints yep because of his low blood sugar (laughs) yeah not because he just saw his identical (laughs) twin or whatever i don't think he's an identical twin well we'll get we'll get to what he is He's not an identical twin, though. I didn't say that. I was just saying, in his mind, maybe he thinks that right now. I'm just, you know, nobody seems to see the similarities. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody even knows what he, nobody notices what he looks like at all. Right. He 
he's inconsequential to everyone in the, around him. He's in the bathroom with James. Simon is in the bathroom with James, but he seems James seems very unconcerned about the doubleness of them. Mm-hmm. He even asks his Jamesy or Simon even asks his friend at work if he sees any resemblance, and they have to keep getting closer and closer. And he's still just like, eh, maybe, <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, and then he tells him, you're pretty unnoticeable, bit of a non-person. <laughs> yeah. So, poor, no, this is a Buffy episode. Poor Simon. Where the girl that was super unnoticeable, nobody noticed her, and then she literally turned invisible. That's probably also like NX-Files and probably something else as well. No, it's not. Oh, it's sorry. a Buffy episode. Only Buffy? Yes. And then okay. she tries to kill Cordelia and Buffy. she's invisible. Yep. That famous Buffy episode called Hollow Man. (laughs) (laughs) The girl's played by Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) James and Simon walk out together, and then they wait for the train together, and then they go to the diner together. James is basically the exact opposite of Simon. He's very confident, snappy. He knows what he wants. Outgoing. Outgoing. Is this when he orders the food and they, like, talk? Yeah, so, like, James... Yeah, he orders breakfast. Yeah. He orders breakfast and she says, they don't serve breakfast now. And he goes, well, you got eggs, don't you? And she's like, yeah, well, then make me some scrambled eggs and bacon and toast. Bring me a coffee and bring me a beer. Bring me everything. Yeah, coffee and a beer, yep. And then, and and Simon's like, I'll have a Coke. (laughs) And then she comes back, she's like, we're out of Coke, and brings him, brings James all of his food. Because he initially asked for a bagel, she said they were out of bagels. Yeah. The waitress really doesn't like him. Poor Simon. <laughs> and then they go to a bar together, and James is talking to a bunch of cute girls. And he's like, oh, I got this one. You want the brunette or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to hook him up. And then Simon accidentally bumps into this burly man. And then the guy's like, hey, you want to fight? Like, he's trying to, like, what are you going to do about it or something? And then James comes in and just, like, punches the guy immediately to defend him. Mm-hmm. So he seems kind of like a good bro. Yep. And then, then they, they have run and run and run and run, frolicking through yes. the streets. Oh, they do frolic, don't they? <laughs> sort of. It's adorable. They go running through the city. It was a montage of running. It was. Probably to another Japanese song. I think it was. Um, and then they have a heart to heart on the train, mm-hmm. talking about how Simon feels so invisible and, you know, all of his insecurities, basically. And then James falls asleep while he's rambling on. <laughs> well, doesn't he first ask him if he's. He, he didn't. He didn't say gay. He said another word for gay. I'm just like leaving out all of that shit because it was really offensive. <laughs> well, it it sort of paints what James is. Yeah, because he's guess. offensive. Yeah, I think he says the f word. I don't think that. I don't think it was. He that does long. at some point. That's why I was like, ooh. Oh, okay. He says a lot of gross stuff about homosexuality. Where I'm like, you are insecure, buddy. Yeah, he's a bro dude. Yeah. He is a typical Isn't that bro when dude. Uh, Simon tells him that he's got his eye on a girl? Yes, and that's when he tells him about his, all his insecurities. Mm-hmm. And then James falls asleep on the train, and then Simon carries him to his apartment and tucks him into bed. What a great guy. And then he, like, sits in a chair and, like, watches him sleep, which is kind of creepy. Might be a little creepy. But then, and he like kind of nods off, and then he, when he opens his eyes the next morning, and he, because he hears some shouting, James is gone from the bed. Yep. Um, and then 
They both get to work about the same time and James buzzes him through. He kind of acts like he owns the place now, like Mm -hmm. he's got a lock on everything. Uh, James even cons Simon into taking his aptitude test for him because James doesn't know shit about his actual job, his analysis job. And he even, and then he agrees to, you know, I'll go babysit Melanie, which is uh, Mr. P's daughter. Niece? Niece? I forget now. I think niece. Niece sounds right. Well, he takes the test for him. And then he's also trying to help Simon talk to Hannah better. Mm-hmm. He's giving him all these tips of like, oh, play hard to get and, you know, whatever. Uh, it seems to be working because she asks uh, Simon to meet up at some meet up sometime soon. Right. But when they go to the diner together, the same diner, unfortunately, all she wants to do is talk about James because yep. she's got a big old crush on James. Of course she does. Uh, she wants Simon to tell James that she likes him. And he's like distraught internally, but still agrees because what else is he going to do? Because he's no spine. He's that jello guy. Jello boy. When he tells James about it, James says that Simon should go on the date as him. And he'll give him, tell him how to act like him, uh-huh. which he'll, will win her over. They have like an, he has like an earpiece literally mm-hmm. on his date. Also, there was like some really intense ominous wind blowing after they cut to the scene. Okay. And I just noticed because... The wind was blowing really crazily outside when I was watching it, and it oh. was very like atmospheric. Very nice. <laughs> That's nothing to do with the movie. I Is that it when was they cool. were just sitting at the table staring at each other? I don't know. It just said wind blowing. Oh. In my subtitles. In your subtitles, yes. <laughs> you in the like, subtitles. And I heard it, and then I heard it, and I was like, ooh. ooh. It's like when I was watching Enemy, and the light, the like weird yellowy light of the sun setting was mirroring, well, mirroring my TV's weird glowy yellow light you have got a strange series of events that happen while you watch our movie (laughs) (laughs) two so far let's see what else happens wasn't there another one when it was storming out while you were watching a movie with a storm in it oh yeah you're right and how i was really thirsty watching water and then you couldn't turn on the faucet because there was a water shortage (laughs) in your wing ration (laughs) yeah Uh, um yes so (laughs) on the date which is ridiculous james is wearing an earpiece trying to coach simon through Mm -hmm. it's not going well hannah tries to leave and Jana. oh okay so it's not going well so then he runs back to the bathroom where james is to talk to james in person because he's like i can't do this dude and then yeah, Hannah gets up while they're in the bathroom and is, like, at the door, like, getting her coat or whatever. And then James runs out to try to salvage the situation. Mm-hmm. And this is very hilarious. Simon's trying to eavesdrop on their conversation, but, like, literally everything loud that could possibly happen is happening. Like, yep. the music is playing super loud. With and the then speaker, s- and he tries to turn down the volume, but the knob comes off. Yeah, and then, like... And then the guy comes and turns on a blender. Uh-huh. And when he's going to go turn off that blender, he turns on the other one. <laughs> so he just, like, can't hear any of their conversation. Too many things <coughs> going on. He just sees James whispering in her ear. And then they start smooching. Yep. Wah, and then they wah. leave. And then they leave together. Well, everyone claps for them. <laughs> everyone yes. in the restaurant claps. <laughs> yes. It was a ridiculous. job well done. <laughs> <laughs> and then they leave together. And then Simon is handed the check. Yes. <laughs> On you top know, of it all. Got to pay the bill. Yep. At work, back at the office, James has stolen Simon's, or 
yeah, Simon's report, and then Simon gets scolded for his shitty work. <laughs> and then <laughs> James is taken in to meet the Colonel. Yes. And Simon's very jealous. Earlier in the movie, he was looking at a photo of the Colonel very wistfully. Mm-hmm. He wants to meet him so badly. He wants to give him his ideas. Yep. He's not in love with him. He just wants to give him his ideas. I made it sound kind of sexual. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> He has good ideas, and he wants for the colonel to hear his good ideas so that, you know... He's recognized. He can recognize for them. And he can improve the company and the government or whatever the hell they do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Kentucky Fried Government. Do the, do the, do the better spices. <laughs> All those spices. To make, to make people happy. He wants to add paprika. Yeah. To baby and scary and... <laughs> Sporty, ginger, sport. posh. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Back at his off, no, back at his home, he's looking through his telescope, Simon is, and he sees James and Melanie are like, Melanie is the niece. Mm-hmm. They are hooking up hardcore. Oh, yeah, they are. And then Simon decides to call Hannah as James and tells her to come up to his apartment, which is kind of a shitty thing to do. It is. But also, like, I mean, he wants to let her know that he's being a dick, so... Right. Because he's jealous. I mean, there's other ways to do first. that, but anyway. There are, but that was his, like, gut reaction. So so he's watching this whole exchange through his telescope, and Hannah goes upstairs, and he sees James open the door with Hannah in the doorway, and then Melanie's, like, hiding behind the door so he can't see her, mm-hmm. or she can't see her. And Hannah looks so sad, and then Simon just starts to cry when he sees her looking so sad. So she doesn't really see anything. She doesn't find anything out, but she has her suspicions now because James was acting weird. Yes. And then didn't uh, Melanie leave after that? Uh, No, I think she stayed because then he gets the Polaroids. No, I thought she left, and then he went and turned around and went like this because he knew Simon was watching. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. She got upset about the other girl. The other girl, right. Simon tells James he wants uh, him to stop seeing Hannah, mm-hmm. Melanie, Hannah and Melanie, and right. to tell Mr. P that he's taking credit for all his work. Right. Simon has other plans, or sorry, James has other plans, yes. and he decides to blackmail Simon into giving him his key so he can bone Melanie and various other women in Simon's apartment. Right. But mostly because, as he put it, he goes, so I can hook up with Melanie She's a bit of a screamer, and I don't want Hannah to catch wind. <laughs> yeah. And he also has a bunch of sexy Polaroids that he took of him and Melanie hooking up because they look like the same person. So obviously he can show Mr. P, and he mm-hmm. can just blame Simon. Exactly. Because Simon's the one that's supposed to be coaching her, or, yep. you know, mentoring her or whatever. Right. In the business. In the Not the business. Not the business. <laughs> so yeah, Hannah's suspicious now. She tells... Simon that she wants to watch through his telescope to see what James is up to. Mm-hmm. So now he's stuck because it's like blackmail versus wanting to help Hannah. Right. But s- James is in his apartment. Right. So it's like, all oh, it wouldn't like, work he, anyway. Right. He you wouldn't do... need the telescope. <laughs> yeah. So he still like kind of protects James in this instance, uh-huh. which I think is like he should have just brought Hannah to his apartment while he knew he was hooking up with someone. We well, didn't have his key. That's true. He did not have the key. James had it. Make a copy, man. James will take care of that later. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. Later that night, Simon is rummaging through Hannah's trash. Uh And then Hannah sees him doing it. And Uh, then she sees James bringing a girl up to Simon's apartment. Right. Which is the waitress from the diner. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Simon goes to confront him at his door, at his own door, to confront James of his own apartment. Sorry, does that make sense? Yes. Simon went to his own apartment to confront James, who was trying to bone the waitress in his apartment. Right. And then James sticks a sticks him with a knife in his throat. Right. Which we sort of glossed over it. There was another meeting with his mother in which the weird lady gave him a knife and said he should kill himself or something oh i didn't watch that part and then simon goes to the guy the nurse whatever he is i don't know the front desk dude and says are you aware that your patients have weapons and he's like yeah well how long have they had him he goes you know it's been a while and he lifts up his jacket and he's got a gun in a holster (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) i missed that part so the knife is the one that he got from the lady when he was visiting his mom but then James has it. Because it was, was he put his, it in the drawer. Because it was in his apartment. Yep. At work, he... Oh, so he survived the... It was just a little prick. Yeah, just a little cut on his Adam's apple. Yeah. But he has a little Band-Aid over it now. Yep. At work, he basically no longer exists or never existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. He can't get a new card, new ID card or anything. Right. Also, James told Mr. P about Melanie... And no one will believe him about anything anymore. No one will believe him that it's James all along. Right. And James is like calling him Stanley, which is what Mr. P always calls him because he just, because he's just so unremarkable and unrememberable. Right. Nobody can remember his name. And then he just starts, he basically has a meltdown, Simon, which is understandable. And scolds everybody while holding another man's prosthetic. Yeah. He (laughs) screams, he stole my face and he starts, he rips off this guy's arm and just tries to beat everyone up, and but he's unsuccessful, and then he is escorted to the train. <laughs> yes. He starts to write a suicide note, and he has a couple drafts because he's, you know, mm-hmm. can't write a good one. And then he settles on, to whom it may concern, I am a ghost. Yep. Uh, as he's looking through his telescope, he sees Hannah lying on her bed in this, like, beautiful white lace dress. He didn't look through. He raised his shades because I think he was going to climb out the window. That's right. And then he sees her. And then we cut to the hospital uh, with Roy from IT Crowd. Yes. (laughs) Asking Simon all these questions about Hannah. Yes. He tells her. How many pills did she take? Yeah. How long have you been married? (laughs) Starts on weird things like that. And even though he tells them he doesn't know and they're not married, the questions remain in the same vein. Right. Of him having been there when she did it Uh and them being married. And then a man asks to talk to him, and it's the security guard guy from, or the desk guy. It's the doctor. Is it? I thought it was the, but it's the same person, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I was like, what? It's, <laughs> it's supposed like to be the doctor down. that wants to talk to him. But, but it's when, the... when we get around to his face, it's the security yeah, guy's face. Yeah, it's the security guy. And he says that she suffered a miscarriage. Yep. Weird. Hannah is really pissed off that Simon saved her. <laughs> She did not want to be saved. Right. And tells him he should go kill himself. Yeah. I think you should kill yourself. I promise I won't try to stop you halfway through. That's awfully nice of her. Burn. <laughs> um, but he had put his blazer on her while they were his very oversized rumpled blazer uh-huh. while they were walking. And so she ends up finding the earrings 
and the book of her drawings that he had put back together. Yeah. And she is touched a little bit. Yeah. I think, maybe. I think, yeah, I was, I seemed like, I thought for a moment there that it was like, oh, he, this is the guy I should have loved all the time. But it was non-climatic about how it it sort of ended weird. It it was was just weird. Yeah, like, that's like the last we really get of her. It's like, that's cute, but also maybe weird. Like, she's like, not sure how to feel about it. Yeah. I'm not sure how to feel about it. It's like she feels like loved, but then, I don't know, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Simon then gets a message that his mom has passed away, mm-hmm. and she's immediately having a funeral at midnight in a graveyard. Right. James is also there. He punches James in the face and gives him a bloody nose, but then his nose is bleeding too. Yep. And then the priest grabs him and rock bottoms him into the grave. Yeah. There's a creepy roaring sound as the priest attacks him. This was very David Lynch of, I think, this scene. And then, yeah, attacks him with a shovel and knocks him into the ground. Yep. Later on, he gets up, but he's not in the grave. Nope. He's just next to it, and it's mm-hmm. all nicely compacted and buried. Mm-hmm. But his nose hurts really bad, as though he was punched in the face. Right. He runs to see Hannah. Oh, we do see Hannah again. He runs to see Hannah, and she asks him if she recognizes him. And she says, yeah, you're Simon. Like, she recognizes him as Simon. He goes to his apartment. Didn't she say James? No, she says Simon. Oh, does she? She calls okay. him Simon. He goes to his apartment where James is sleeping, and then he handcuffs James to the bed. He also notices that there's a little, the same cut that he had inflicted upon him is now on James's throat. Yes. And they both have the bruised noses. Right. Thus the beginning of a grand plan. (laughs) Yes. So his phone rings, and it's Hannah, and he tells her that he's okay, and then he cuts the phone line. Right. Uh, and then from a payphone, I think, right? He goes to another yes. phone. From a payphone, yeah, he, he calls, calls the, the police. police and tells them he's about to, or it's like a payphone in like his hallway or whatever. Yeah, tells them that there's a guy that's on the ledge and he's about to jump and they need to hurry up and get there. Yeah. And so then he cuts his cheek as an experiment, I think. Yes. He cuts his cheek and then he goes to look at James, who now has a cut on his cheek. And is awake. And is awake. <laughs> So Simon goes to stand on the ledge of the building. Oh, yeah. He's across the street now, right? Right. In James's apartment. He's in James's apartment. And he crawls out of the window and stands on the ledge. And he remembers that the cops had said that if the guy had only jumped onto this mesh awning, he and would have bounced, bounced off, off and he would have survived. Maybe and been madly, badly maimed, at least. Right. Um, so he goes and positions himself. And James wakes up and drags the bed over to the telescope so we can look through it. And he look, and then he sees Simon, and Simon waves the same way from before. Yeah. And then James waves back. And then he jumps. Yes. And he bounces off the netting and onto the ground. Right. Hannah runs out to see him, but he's still alive. And then he's the and the police show up like immediately because they were warned. Right. And then he's taken to a hospital. And then the colonel speaks to him. Because he was in the ambulance, He too. was in the ambulance. <laughs> and he says, there aren't too many like you, are there, Simon? And he says, I'd like to think I'm pretty unique. Right. And then there was a flashback to James, who, because Simon was bleeding from the back of his head, and then James is on the floor, still handcuffed to the bed, bleeding onto the rug, appearing that as though he might be bleeding out and dying. Yes. And then it ends. Yes. The end. Yep weird movie yeah so uh, so yeah basically simon 
devised a plan to, which was very Fight Club-esque. To kill James. To kill James because they shared injuries. So he called the police so that when he jumped off the building, he would be saved and James would be dead in his apartment. Right. And Simon can resume his life without James mucking it all up. Right. Where he's unnoticeable. So it reminded me of Fight Club in the way that, you know, Edward Norton shoots himself in the cheek to kill Brad Pitt. Right. So, but yeah, so what did you think about what was really going on? Did you think it was two separate people or did you think it was more internal? When the movie abruptly ended, (laughs) I remember back to the Jake Gyllenhaal film. Which also abruptly ended. And I'm like, okay, so obviously this isn't two people because the injury sharing thing was like, this can't be two people. And then I tried to figure it out myself what this movie was about. And I'm like, I just could make no sense of it. I actually went hunting around. And apparently, other than it being a dark comedy, which I did find out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think anybody really knows the meaning behind it. No, I think it can be interpreted as, you know, several several different different ways. ways. Like, I think that the way I view it is more similar to Fight Club, where it's like, James is who he wants to be. He wants to be this confident man. Right. He wants to get out of his shell. But he's Simon. But he's Simon and he can't. So James says all the things he do- or wants to be and, uh, and says all the things he wish he could. Mm-hmm. Um, and do all the things that he did. Right. It was uh, interesting. I actually read some guy's analysis of what he thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I should have written down what it was but basically he broke it down to like most of this movie not actually happening right like it might be all in his head sort of thing like Mm -hmm. some of the things that occurred like the situations might be real but like everything else is just fake including the world right because the world is real crazy Yes. And we don't know what era it is. We don't know what is even happening, really. Yep, we don't know what the job is about. Yeah. We don't know what the colonel's about. We don't know what... And it just He's like, you know, it was just all of it being so ridiculous, down to police officers that only do suicides in the town because there's so many suicides. Right. To um, the fact that Simon is the only young person working at this place that he works at. Everybody else is old. Yeah. And and just all that. It was... It was to me, it seemed kind of... Because I had a similar analysis when I watched some of season three of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. which is one of the fun theories, is that it's like a mental institution and he's just crazy. Yeah. And he's just like, this is just his life in the mental institution. Interesting. And... Um, Whatever time period it is, it's got to be really old. I don't know. It seemed kind of... Doing the copies on the printer was like a <laughs> copper contact on other contacts yeah. to make one, Oh, I forgot two, that uh, the the lady that worked in the copy place with Hannah all called him the creepy guy, and that was yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, hello, creepy guy. Yeah, that's what Hannah said anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it can be interpreted so many ways that it's, it could be literal, like there are two people who happen to share injuries and it's magical. Right. Or he's crazy or it's like fight club where he has another self a dual personality yeah so it's interesting but it's a comedy it was a comedy i thought it was it funny was, it was pretty funny there were some funny moments 
I think once I realized, like, got into it and realized it was a comedy, I, like, enjoyed it more. At first, I was like, this is fucking weird. It's <laughs> like, what is this shit? Yes, at the beginning, I was also on, this is a weird movie. <laughs> it is very strange. But then it got funny. Yeah, and then it got very funny. I have some fun yes. facts for you. Let's go. Uh, so, the piano motif throughout the film comes from the song Der Doppelganger by Franz Schubert. Okay. Um, the Thanks. words to this piece tell the tale of a man and his evil twin. Thanks for the... Uh, the German accent. The German accent. You're welcome. <laughs> and as we saw, many of uh, IT crowd people are in this movie. Mm-hmm. They are also used in, his, in Richard Ayoade's first movie, which is called Submarine, which I have not seen, but I kind of want to now. Uh, Chris O'Dowd and Christopher Morris star alongside Richard Ayoade in that movie. Right. And then... Wait. Ayoade was not in the movie, right? No, this I'm talking about the other movie that he made. Oh, Submarine. Submarine. Okay. But yeah, like he used people from IT Crowd in this movie. So gotcha. It's like a theme he does. It's kind of like whoever does all the movies that have... What's his face in it? Can't think of his name right now. You know, the pirate. What's his name? The actor's name? Johnny Depp. Thank you. Ugh, we're not gonna talk about Johnny Depp. No, we're not gonna talk about Johnny Depp. But that director likes to use all this. Likes to use Tim all Burton? this. Tim Burton. Thank you. Tim Burton likes to tap the same actors all the time. He does know, indeed. Depp and and uh, what's her name with the Helena Bonham Carter. Thank you. So many people. <laughs> I'm really good at names, guys. You know who else is that? Wes Anderson. He likes to use Jeff Goldblum and Edward Norton and uh, the uh. I added for a second, it went away. The brothers, one of them is in Owen Wilson. There we go. Okay. The other one, the other Wilson. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you Joss Whedon does that a lot too. Yeah. Makes, yeah, Joss Whedon do. Yeah, makes you think directors sort of Sophia get a Coppola does that. Feel Tarantino for does that. people and they sort of write parts for them. Mm-hmm. It's like being good with a director gets you a lot of jobs. Taika does that. Yeah. So yeah, just be a good actor and enjoy the director, I guess, and you'll get a lot of jobs. It's true. Uh, or it what might just f- be that they like in Joss Whedon's case, I know, like in season two of Dollhouse, when they knew they got, they were like, "We only have one more season to do this. We're totally gonna get canceled." He was like, "I'm just gonna invite all my friends to be in my show." We're gonna have a reunion season, <laughs> which is what season two of Dollhouse is. It's just all of his friends in the yep. show. That's what Much Ado About Nothing is too. It's just all of Joss Whedon's friends, and he films it at his house. Anyway, I have a lot of. Just Whedon facts. facts. (laughs) Also, I'm really glad that it seems like the Buffy reboot, as they're calling it, which it should just be Buffy continuation, is a continuation and not a reboot. And it's about a new Slayer. Cool. So I'm excited about that. That's good. A lot of people wanted to know my hot take on the Buffy thing, and I was too emotional last week to deal with it, (laughs) because I was like, I I can't have an opinion until I know more. But I'm really glad that it's a seems to be a new slayer and a new story and i really hope that it's gonna be like set in like now time so that the people from buffy can potentially be in it like buffy can show up at some point well buffy can't show up why not because doesn't a new slayer only come did you not watch season seven when a slayer dies buffy made every slayer a slayer oh did she with the power of the scythe oh i forgot that's how she was able to kill all the army of uber vamps. Oh, oops. So literally every girl that could be a slayer is a slayer. Okay. 
So not yeah. And so literally any Slayer makes it, but much better than for a continuation. So many storylines they mm-hmm. could go into. So they could do that, or I would be totally down for a period piece where it's like a badass Slayer in some era. Right. So anyway. And you have more fun facts about <laughs> I do have our an, topic for this. I do have <laughs> I do. Uh, riding on so many segues. <laughs> okay. Uh, Come on, get it together, Blart. <laughs> so the guy who plays the Colonel yes. is James Fox, and he is Richard Iwade's father father in law. Okay. And he's married to Lydia Fox since two thousand seven. So Lydia Fox is his mother who was divorced from his dad. What? Or dad died. Lydia Fox is his wife. Oh. The father-in-law. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, where did you go? I don't. Somewhere wrong. She was also in an episode of IT Crowd. Fun fact. Oh, she's in my favorite episode. <laughs> I won't. Anyway. Sorry. IT crowd. Yeah. When they go to the show. And Rory gets trapped in the bathroom. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh, those are all my fun facts. Cool. I, we already discussed the other stuff, which was, what did you think really happened in this movie? Yeah. Well, it's... Um, there's a lot of ways to decode it. <laughs> there show are... What's our double count? Two. Wrong. Jesus. Okay. It's four. Four? Because the doctor's not the same guy as the guard. You have to assume that. I just assumed it was all in his mind. But still, the guard and the doctor were two different people, which makes it two different. All right. So four. Okay. I'll give you that one. I was so excited when that happened. I'm like, this answer's not going to be two. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie should be called The Quadruple? No, because it wasn't focused around the guard. <laughs> That's where the double part du comes in, oh, and then okay. it's going to be the gar- from the guard's point of view. <laughs> where it's just a guy sitting at a desk the whole time, like, God, I'm so bored. Right. You need, you need to sign in. And then they'll go to the doctor who does doctory things, and they never actually meet. Mm-hmm. What if it's just, what if the last scene of the movie uh-huh. is that they cut, uh-huh. is just Moss wakes up from a nap on his desk. kind of like the fun ending to breaking bad where he wakes up next to his wife from in the in the middle malcolm in the middle malcolm in the middle yeah (laughs) yeah exactly moss just wakes up and he's like have you tried turning it off and on again (laughs) i really need to turn that uh that uh thing off yeah why is your mic going out Uh, um because i had feedback projection on on my on my Uh. thing but it still records while I'm while it's doing that. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's all I got for you. And Sweet. I want to eat my teriyaki chicken. I'm yes, really you do. So anyway, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at C Double Pod. You can email us at C Double Podcast at gmail dot com with any suggestions, stories, yep. you know, corrections. Our inbox is so lonely. You whatever. should fill it up. You can follow Steph on Instagram at Steph plus Verb. And uh, I've made two posts this year on Instagram, so I'm awesome. (laughs) Uh Good job. And until next week. I'm Stephanie Kretz. And I'm Bradford Barth. Thank you for listening. Bye.